we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Well, hello again, Slurs. Welcome back to the Jeers to Comics Podcast. I am your host, Brian Lane, and this is episode 226. This here is a creator corner, and the creators that I cornered in this here podcast, and notice the plural on the end there, uh, yeah, I got myself a little duo here, Jenna Lynn Wright and Carl Slominski. You may not know them yet, if in the comic book industry, you may know them from other things in the entertainment industry, you may know them from movies, and uh, all types of good stuff, man, all types of good stuff, but... <laughs> But these guys here, they have a book coming out called Cult of Icarus that I am pumped on. I got the privilege of reading a 10-page preview, and I fucking fell in love with it. I'm a big Scout Comics follower, and, you know, they send me all their, uh, hey, this is the awesome shit coming out. Well, um... (laughs) <laughs> I, I saw this and I just I instantly reached out to Jenalyn Wright and she's like, well, Carl's coming on too, and then here we are, we got ourselves a little podcast. So I'm over the moon about these two, and you'll you'll recognize all that. It's all very real reactions and emotions going on here. This was another really really fun fun episode. So uh, without further ado, I bring to you. Jenna Lynn Wright and Carl Slominski of Cult of Icarus. Alright, Jenna Lynn Wright and Carl Slominski, how are ya? Good, good, how you doing man? Excellent, I'm so good and as I say every time, I'm always better after, or right before talking to creators, I love this industry, I love what you guys do, I'm always, ah, so you guys are new to this industry and we're gonna get to know ya. Uh, but not new to the entertainment industry by any standards. So I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to dive right into this. You guys got an awesome book coming out. We're definitely going to dive all into that. And yeah. So um, I, I have to ask Jenna, uh, I'm going to start with you. What is your background in the uh, the entertainment industry? Just to kind of give people, uh, and then beyond comics, what, what before comics, let's say that. Sure. Yeah, I actually started out. Um, I started out in film. I'm still in film, um, and I started out with a couple of jobs in the film industry. So, um, quite a while ago, not I'm not that old, but a little <laughs> while ago, um, I uh, I worked um, for Fox when there still was a Fox as a book scout. So we would track down literary material to adapt into to films and television shows. Oh, right. And um, then I moved out to L.A. for a little while. I was uh, a creative executive um, for a production company um, called Roth Films, and I was there. They were putting out stuff like um, Alice in Wonderland and Snow White and the Huntsman wow. and uh, all of that kind of stuff. And um, along the way, uh, I met my 
film writing partner. His name is John. And we started collaborating on scripts together. And I decided that I didn't want to necessarily be in the um, executive side of the business. I wanted to be on the creative side of the business. Awesome. So um, I left uh, LA, which seems silly to say. I left LA to pursue film, but like <laughs> I left LA to pursue writing full time. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a ton of well, fun. You, you've you've definitely uh, worked on some worked with some big names for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we could throw out things like Lord of the Rings and Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street as far as some of the the, the folks that you've worked with. So uh, you're 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 in the right light for sure. Um, I, I with that I do not doubt your talent in any way, shape, or form, especially reading the little ten page preview. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. Um, but uh so yes for the most part you know a, a film background you you would say uh, but i i have to ask as a, as a literary book scout um that's that has to be an interesting type of thing i mean so do, do you just sit there and read books all day and go that should be a movie or i mean what what is what is that job like it's honestly one of the best jobs in the world it sounds um, amazing on, yeah, so when I first started out, I was an assistant there, and we split up the work. And so there was another creative executive named Chris, and then our boss, Drew. And I made I was like, listen, I don't want to read the nonfiction stuff, even though it's great. Like, you're going to give me the stuff that's going to end up getting produced by, like, the CW. Give me the young adult. Give me the witches. Give me the vampires. Give me the fun stuff. And um, yeah, we would get assigned. We would we would track down manuscripts, sometimes full, sometimes partial, um, from various editors around New York and the world. And then we would read chunks of them, and that was my job. Like I would go home at night and read books and get paid for it, and it was amazing. That it sounds like a fake job. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Carl, man, you you also have quite the the background in um, well outside of comics in, in the entertainment industry. Uh, you've, I mean, tell us a little bit about what you've done, man. I stay busy. Um, well, originally I went to the Joe Kubert School of Cartooning Graphic Art, which is uh, like the foremost center of learning narrative art as a career. And they slowly beat you into submission and realizing that you have no actual life anymore. You're just making stuff. Um, yeah. From there, I uh, I started doing a bunch of work for hire stuff that never really went anywhere, and found my way into film through the back door because everybody needs concept art, everybody needs, and uh, made a lot of connections that eventually got me right back to comics because everybody now everything is based on comics. So I've been mm. slowly working in and out of film and uh, the entertainment industry at large. Basically, just to make more comics. <laughs> I, I like that. I do. I uh, see. Uh, I, I find more and more people as more comics are being adapted. I'm finding that more filmmakers are coming into the comic book industry. Um, I, 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 I have to. Add, I don't know why. I could I come up with all of these hypotheses myself, but coming from you know people that are on that that end. Uh, what is what? What's the secrets in Hollywood? Are all of a sudden people are going, hey, well, comics. There's no money in it, but goddamn, do people you get popular doing it? So I mean, what, what's <laughs> what, oh, what's man, the mindset behind? Oh yeah, no, we'll tell. So the the truth is that in in film, a lot of the time, and it's terrible to say, it's a it's a culture of fear, and it's a lot of like, what can we do to guarantee that the thing that we're gonna make is going to be successful because they're not investing 
a couple hundred dollars, they're investing tens of millions of dollars and like people's jobs are on the line. So if you have any sort of the dreaded word IP and there's a built-in audience, no matter how small, it's almost like a small guarantee that when you put the film out, there will at least be a bit of an audience for it, hopefully a massive audience. But like it's, it's doing your best to make sure that the thing that you choose will not get you fired. And if you do have an original idea, um, that's a huge gamble in film because it's not been proven anywhere. No, I, I no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, well, because I've I've always looked at comics as essentially a super fleshed out storyboard for a movie that just isn't getting made. Um, so I, I think it's kind of brilliant in a way that you're almost like low key putting out the script for people and then, uh, you know, given screenshots and all that. And eventually, you know, we get to see some motion and some fancy names behind it all and costume right. playing your people. So I, I dig it. <laughs> I, I, I do. Um, I, I've always been the guy that, you know, when it, when there's a big movie coming out, I'm, I always have this, I don't know. I'm I'm not as into it as everyone else. I love the movies. I'm going to see them. But at the same time, I have this thing like, well, the, the comic book creators aren't really getting to do. They're the guys that make the books. So why are these actors getting all of this recognition? These movies are making all these money, when, or all this money. And when people refer to Captain America, they're not referring to the comics. They're referring to Chris Evans. So uh, when people from the movie industry make their own comic to put out there to develop... That, that I'm all about. I love what indie comics are turning into and how they're blowing up. So I'm fully 1,000% behind this, this move of Hollywood coming over and playing in our sandbox. Um, I, I dig it, and especially with, like I said, the stuff that you guys are coming up with. Um, I know uh, just a, I like David Dosmalak, and I don't know if you guys checked out his uh, Dark Horse stuff. Um, yeah. I mean... It's clearly designed, and like he wants to turn that into something, uh, you know, on the screen, and I, I, I could sense that immediately. So I mean, it's I see more and more of it, and it's good because you guys are writers yourselves, you're creators yourselves, and comics are hard to make. They they really are. So it's it's cool to see you guys come together and collaborate in that way. And I mean, so now I have to ask, like, how do you two know each other? You guys are on the same screen together. Usually I don't do grief. People are on the other end of the world. Like, how, does, how do you two guys come together to make Cult of Icarus? This is a story. <laughs> oh, uh, good. Meet you, if you will. Okay, so uh, long story long. Um, I want to say five, five or six years ago, um, I decided after being super frustrated with Hollywood that I was going to try and maybe make a short film or an anthology and write some short scripts. And I went on Twitter, social media extravaganza. Where good ideas go to die. <laughs> and, uh, and I just kind of searched around for filmmakers, creators who were working in horror because that's what I love to do. And I stumbled across a, um, a movie that was being made uh, called The Mortuary Collection directed by uh, a gentleman named Ryan Spindell. And Carl was doing the concept art for it. And I really liked what I saw. So I started following Ryan and Carl. And we kind of traded a handful of messages back and forth for about a year until Facebook <laughs> suggested to him that he follow me on yeah. Facebook. And I had spent the entire year thinking that he lived in Los Angeles doing concept art. And he had spent the entire year thinking I lived in Los Angeles 
doing film stuff when in reality we lived 10 minutes away from each other in the same city on the east coast <laughs> oh man oh, so, the, uh, yeah we met up for, for drinks we would brainstorm and like i loved his art and i was like i'm going to force you to collaborate with me on a comic like it looks fascinating um, you had no idea what you were getting. No idea, <laughs> and uh, you know we we kept hanging out, and now we're engaged. Wow! Look at you guys. This is incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, I can. I I would definitely look forward to more partnerships, <laughs> collaborations down the road. Then, on account of how close you guys are, <laughs> this is a uh, this is incredible. Uh, comics yeah. bringing people together forever. It's <laughs> yeah. Look at that. It's been a blast ever since, too, because now, I mean, we've got no choice. We bounce ideas off each other all the time. I've like, roped him into screenwriting. All the time. It's just nonstop. Yeah. There's no off switch. Like, dinner time is basically, like, hash out and pitch your new idea. Yeah. It's, yeah, two creators in the same house. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine the, the, the amount of ideas that just accidentally get forgotten about. That, or, I mean, it's... <laughs> uh, how do you well, guys keep track of it all? <laughs> Yeah, we do. We have a giant whiteboard on the wall in our living room where we just write down everything uh, so we don't forget it. And, like, eventually, I mean, some stuff will fall off because it doesn't end up passing the test. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Every dinner out, when we used to have dinners out before quarantine, was a write-off because we would just talk <laughs> about work. <laughs> Brilliant. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's so awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... You, you don't just up and decide to go into... Or maybe you do because the, 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 the chatter about how well comics are doing collaborating with Hollywood. But, I mean, did you guys have an interest in comics before all of this? or I mean, you went to the... I mean, Carl, you went to this, the school to train you to do comics. So I would imagine you had some sort of interest in, in doodling I, picture books. I'll be completely honest with you, Brian. I've wanted to make comics since I could hold a pen in my hand. Even before I knew that comics were a medium of storytelling, I was stapling paper together and drawing little boxes and telling little stories. And it wasn't until maybe I was in like second or third grade that I found just like ratty old Jack Kirby Fantastic Four in like the local used bookstore before I realized like this is what I've been doing the whole time. And it just like a sonic boom it could not be contained it just spread throughout every facet of my creative process i mean every major decision that i've made since then has been to make more comics i man that, that that's that's admirable for sure uh i mean it's it's, it's a tough industry to break into that that's for damn sure but to to just kind of understand that that's what you've wanted to do your whole life like that's and then here you are. Like I'm, 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 lo I'm looking at it. And the, dude, it's it's the dream come true, man. It's oh, the dream yeah. come true. Um, Some people never figure out what they want to do in their life, and he's known since he was four. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's. I'm an anomaly. I know. <laughs> you're, you're something. That's for damn sure, man. Uh, I mean, and, I, and you're not just someone that's doing it either you've you've got a very stylized type of way to you man it's uh i, I got like who you said jack kirby um uh, what, what other kind of influences were you what was drawn or that what influences were drawing you to this keeping you going um i've got a real anthropological view of comics i don't really read a lot of the newer stuff because it just doesn't have that vibrancy and life to it so i find myself going back and crate digging kind of like a record collector just okay. again and again, going back to Kirby, Will Eisner, uh, huge Bill Sienkiewicz fan. Gotcha. Um, 
more I alternative. Can see that. Yeah, it shows a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Everything that was on newsprint was digested in some form or another, and then uh, I kind of tapered off around uh, '90s X Men, which I love. <laughs> Look, there's an abundance of dumb love for that stuff, but uh, you know, lately I just try to find the stuff that I didn't find when I was coming up and enjoying it stuff as a kid. Basically, anything that illuminates the joy in comics, I'm down for. Just give it to me. Force feed. I love it, man. I love it. Jenna, what about you? What, what, what? I mean, were you somebody that was always into comics, or was it Hollywood that kind of brought you into it? So I would love to say that I've always been into comics, but my real first exposure to them was when I was working for Fox, because part of what we would look for is comics to turn into film. This is before Iron Man. This is before any of it. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was, you know, traipsing around New York Comic Con in 2007, you know, looking for, for things before before the whole comic book world took over film. Um, but I didn't really get into seeing that comics could be a thing I could create until I met him because he's got such a depth of knowledge. He... I, I, I naively was just like, comics are superheroes, right? It's just superheroes. And then mm. he was like, let me introduce you to Image, <laughs> and let me show you what actually comics, it's not just that, it can be everything you want it to be. And I kind of fell in love. And he's been very rigorous about like, okay, you want to learn comics. Read this thing that's drawn by Darwin Cook. Read this thing that's drawn by Tim Sale. Like, read... Uh, Grant Morrison, read all of these people, and it's it was I I kind of couldn't get enough of it, and I and I've been very adamant with him saying like, listen, I don't want to be an interloper that's just oh I make films, so I'm gonna walk into comics and and rule the world. I want to know what I'm talking about. I want to know what I'm doing. I want you to read my scripts. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what an artist like you would look for. Like I don't want to look like um, an idiot <laughs> when I try to work with people who aren't you. You kind of have to be nice to me a little bit. You know? <laughs> I created a monster, though, because she yeah. looks through previews now every month. I'm like, we gotta get previews. I gotta see what's happening. See, and um, I, I gotta... First off, Carl, thank you. You did the right thing. You, 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 you <laughs> did what more of us should be doing. We gotta be spreading the good word that is comics, and you start with chapter one image. It's right. uh, that's that's how it goes, man. I mean, I'm full of comics. Right. I'm loving the monster you created. We need more monsters out there. We we do. Um, I I. Ah. So, we, <laughs> do you guys get to go? Well, I don't know what the situation is now. Um, but do you guys get to go into stores together and collect together? Or I mean, do you back issue dig and all of that good stuff? Oh, it's yeah. out of control. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, I, yeah. Especially, I got a friend uh, locally who's got a shop called Rhinos, and they've got fifty cent dive bins. Oh, and that's that's my jam. I'm sorry <laughs> if you give me just like beat up readers, forget it. There goes six hours of my day. I love it. And I'll leave with like a shopping. He'll be like, "Why did you bother to bag and board these? I'm just gonna tear through them." Like, <laughs> I know that's sacrilege in the comics community, yeah. but. I actually hey, read comics. <laughs> that, that's the thing, though. It's not if you're reading them. Uh, that's otherwise, that's what readers are for, man. They're they're there to be loved, enjoyed, and yeah, man. Ah, uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving this uh, this power <laughs> couple right here. This is insane. This is insane. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, so I kind of mentioned, you know, the, the obscurity of the situations with comic book stores and everything right now. I, I have to ask, you know, it is kind of still strange out there with the whole everything. Uh, I'm calling it the corona effect on the industry. Um, with you guys starting out a new comic for the first time, we know how these, these conventions are super important. Like, how devastating is it to not be at those conventions? Because, Jenna, I know that you travel them all the time, picking up talent, so you know how important those things are to those people, because there's people that used to do your job out there looking Absolutely. for you guys now. So, yeah. um... I mean, how much of a kink did it put into your summer? I mean, were you guys... My, I guess the main question is, is how how much of the circuit did you plan on traveling? We... Uh, not much this year. Not this year. No? Well, that's okay. because we were working on Cult of Icarus, um, we had figured that this would be kind of a... a re, not like a rebuilding year, but like a year to pile up material. So gotcha. he's got a bunch of ideas. I've been working on pitches. And we figured that um, the one convention we were going to be sure to do was going to be Heroes Con, which we love. The world's best convention, um, hands down. And maybe go down to New York, since we're in New York, if it was going to happen. And then the Javits Center turned into a hospital, and so we figured that was a no-go. Um, but yeah, now being on both sides of the aisle, having both looked for material and been trying to sell material, because Carl's been going to conventions forever, and I've been with him at a couple years worth. Oh, you got thrown right into the fire. Oh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Um, <laughs> I think that what the, the biggest bummer is, is that um, because so much of what you do when you're writing or drawing is solitary, it's nice to see other creators who understand what you're doing and you can kind of commiserate and let loose a little bit. And um, so it was like the social aspect, I think, that we missed the most. And also like meeting new, new fans, hopefully new fans. Yeah. And, um, getting to interact, but I think it's going to be very different for a long time. We always yeah. kind of treat conventions like the band touring the new album, though. Like, if yeah. there wasn't a new book to tout out there, it, conventions really, you don't want to take up space of other creators that are trying to, you know, peddle their wares mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Plus, yeah, there's, no. man, there's a major investment in getting an artist alley table and a hotel and travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. definitely. The next well, year, <laughs> hopefully, when it happens. Yeah. Well, I see that these, these uh, digital conventions are really kind of becoming a thing. Is that something that you guys think you could adapt to? I know it's not quite the same with the whole camaraderie and the, you know, elbow rubbing and handshaking and all of that. But, I mean, is that something that you guys think you see yourselves doing? Catching some of those panels like CyberCon and Mainframe and all of that good stuff? Absolutely, yeah. yeah I mean, right you got to reach potential readers one way or another. And I'm just as happy to do it behind the computer screen as face-to-face. Yeah, comics is always rolled with the punches. Yeah. Gotta yep. adapt. See, that's that's what I've been saying. You'd, you'd be you'd be surprised as to how many people are just not on that page. They just roll. Oh, I've been on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I, there you go. Stand corrected. All right, guys. Cult of Icarus. Cult of Icarus. This is this is the book. Scout Comics. Um, I, I got the preview, and all I did, I, I just. I read the title, and immediately I was like, what the fuck is Cult of Icarus? This sounds gnarly. <laughs> We're so, using that as a quote now, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck Cult of Icarus? <laughs> well, and that, that is my legitimate reaction to it. So, uh, kudos on the title. I mean, you, you, that, that drew me in right away. Look at you, man. Look at you. I have my titles years out in advance. It wasn't the writer. <laughs> 
up with that title. <laughs> Every title that I've come up with for any book has always been like five years before the actual book is a like manifested thing. Yeah, because we started brainstorming this back in like 2016 and never really put anything to paper until I want to say late last year. So. Wow. Wow. So you guys really have Rock this flushed out. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, uh, wh what did it all, I mean, what made you decide to go with, I know that you guys have both worked with horror. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what made you decide to go with the vampire genre? I love vampires. Like, in Perfect World, I would get to be a vampire and just okay. be young and awesome and, you know, the best bloodthirsty version of myself forever. Right but, on. Um, I just want to wear the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cool clothes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've always loved vampires. Um, you know, I was reading Salem's Lot when I was, like, seven. So uh, it's always been uh, something I wanted to pursue. And then when the concept for the story came through, we had thought about making it a different monster, like something no one had ever seen before. And then we thought, why are we shooting ourselves in the foot? Everyone knows what vampires do already. They know the, the tropes. They know the, the, the things that kill them, the things that make them strong, like make it easy on our lives and let's do vampires and plus then I can get this vampire story out of my system and move on to like werewolves or something. Gotcha, right on. Right, I'm sensing a theme here. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you want to give a, a, a synopsis to the listeners? To what I mean, I said what the fuck is Cult of Icarus. You guys want to answer that question for me? <laughs> I mean, get, tell them what it is. I defer to the writer. Alright, it's All uh, right. It's about a, uh, a teenage foster kid who gets kicked out of her foster home after getting into trouble one too many times. And she finds a book in her belongings that's kind of like the only clue she might have to her heritage. So she follows the book plate in there to Remy's bookstore and meets the proprietor, who it turns out knew her parents. And once she's met up with him, some of the nefarious elements in the city get wind of her returning to the city where she hasn't been since she was a baby and she perks up everybody's interest in a supernatural way <laughs> and we find out that there's a kind of an underworld running an underbelly underneath the city of all of these paranormal creatures and magic and um she finds out that she may or may not be uh prophesied to bring about the apocalypse if some bad stuff happens so, but yeah, it's mostly about vampires. <laughs> I dig it. I, I do. And, I, 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 um, I've actually gone on record several times as saying it's really hard to rope me in with the vampire story. Same. Um, uh, you, you too, Carl? You're well, not yeah, a vampire? I'm, my, my experience with vampires is, uh, okay, that's your thing. But I mean, I also am a huge fan of uh, the Bowie film, The Hunger. Mm -hmm. And uh, while not inherently a vampire story, that's a fucking vampire story. I don't care what you say. It's not just about David Bowie taking naps. <laughs> I mean, I think my opinion changed when I saw the Jim Jarmusch film uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Okay. And it's just the last two living vampires basically being sad bastards in Detroit. And I was like, Damn. there is a hook to vampirism as like a genre that is super interesting. And what if we took out all the cheeseball stuff and put it in like street gangs and like royalty and classist ideology that we don't really address like these guys have been around forever of course they've inherited the earth without us knowing it so that kind of got me into the idea of like okay i could see how we could make vampires cool again i dig it man and uh, that's I, I just like i said in the 10 page 
uh, preview I got here. That's that's how I felt about this too. There was there was something very special about it. It was it was Thank beyond the, the 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 normal. Um, and don't get me. Uh, I've I've been drawn to. I feel like the vampire books that have been coming out lately have been really good. I mean, we've got Cult of Dracula coming out soon. Um, yeah. That. It looks amazing. Uh, Philadelphia. Ronnie Barnes's Philadelphia is oh, awesome. Oh my Jason. God. I, Jason John Alexander. That's the dude awesome. right there. He's he's incredible. Yeah. And Ronnie Barnes being a big movie producer as he is already, that movie's getting picked up or that book's getting picked up. It looks like so. Uh, vampires. I seem to be making a, a comeback, and not in the way that people are shitting on. Let's just put it that way. You know, it's yeah. it's. Finally, people are realizing that after all of this time, you could do something different with something everybody loves. Um, I think this hit post Twilight. Everyone was kind of sick of the sparkly, shiny teeth people. Well, I think, <laughs> that, I think that people. I think that people fell off when monsters became love interests rather than monsters. Like, mm -hmm. is supposed to be scary. If you're, if you're reading Anne Rice, or like, they're going to tear your throat out. They're not going to make out with you probably unless they're bored and then they'll tear your throat out. <laughs> See, I, I, and that's the type of stuff that we're getting now. Uh, the, it's back to the, you know, I mean, like I said, monsters, they're monsters, uh, not, yeah. they shouldn't be desired. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like there's too many people now that would let the dumbasses in. Um, you know, it's. <laughs> so, uh, ah. um, all right. So, Scout Comics. Scout Comics picks you guys up. What is the pitching process like? Did you just know Scout Comics was the place? Did you guys think about crowdfunding this at first? Like, other creators, just tell other aspiring creators out there that may be listening. Like, how, how did you guys land Scout Comics? Sorry, I'm a big fan. I say that with. Like, good fucking yeah. job type of... <laughs> we, we are, too, actually. But uh, I think our process is a little different from most people because we actually knew the people that yeah. founded Scout Comics. Okay. So back when I, when I worked in New York um, at Fox, I actually... Uh, Brendan Deneen, who won Scout Comics, uh, was a book scout as well. He did a lot of uh, stuff for film, and we ran in kind of the same circles, and we've kept in kind of distant touch for quite a while. And... Um, he was one of the people that I thought of first off when, when we started doing comics. And, like, Brendan has been doing this forever, and he's a really good dude. Um, so we pitched to him. Um, and I understand that, like, some people will say, listen, it's nepotism. He knew you. Of course he was going to give you a book. What I would say to that is, yeah, Brendan might like me, and he might think I'm a good writer, but we also had to pass the test of being liked by all of the other people who run the company and they don't know me from anyone else in this business and so i'd like to think that like while yes i did know brendan we also got a book based on merit not just because he and i were friends also anyone that makes the nepotism argument like behind closed doors half of the comics industry is who you know yeah. oh 100 like percent. anybody that yeah you're you're ignorant if you think otherwise. It's it's that's why the conventions are so fucking important because they're the, you're there making friends, trying to know the people you need to know to get into the industry. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I don't buy into that. I don't give a shit if and that's you, what you created Scout and you put out the book. I mean, I don't I don't I don't give a shit. It's I mean, that was the image story. A bunch of guys that just wanted to make their own shit. And here's the thing: yeah. if, if 
you put the book out and people don't like the book, I'm not going to have a career because I know Brendan. Like, they're not going to buy any more books from me, you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah well, it, it just I just so happen to know that Charlie and all those guys over there are super fucking nice people, too. So yeah. you're in great hands. Uh, Charlie Stigney's one of the most incredible people in the industry that I've, I've ever talked to. Too. It's been nothing but an absolute pleasure to work with those guys. I've worked with some publishers in my day, and holy crap, does Scout make them look awful in comparison because they just are on the ball and they care about the creators and the books they put out yeah and it's just such a welcome change because most smaller tier publishers or boutique publishing is a little catty dare i say and there's a lot of like well we put the book out so you basically owe us whereas with scout they're like what can we do for you how can we help your book be a hit yeah and they do everything to make sure their comics are front and center of the conversation. I mean, even with the subscription box that they just launched. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I've, I've been, a, I, yeah, my, I'm ready for my second box to come. I mean, I'm a... I love uh, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the great. best subscription service out there, hands down. You get like $200 worth of books for like 33 bucks. I mean, because these all these scout books just blow up. They blow up. They sell out. And the, I mean, because they know how to publish them. They know how to market them. And Scout's just the shit. That's, that's all yeah, I know. Yeah, and in the time where, you know, you can't rely on your local shop because of no, outside elements, this is the best way. And it's like, yep. comics are adaptive. Uh, well, yeah. Scout was the first one to really uh, adapt to during all this comic book mess. Because, like, alright, Diamond's not a thing, you come to us, and then just mention your shop, and we'll credit your shop too. So you don't have to cut out all of the middlemen, you get, you know, or at least the middleman that matters, being the shop. Yeah. Um, because we could, I have no problem cutting out diamond. If, if everybody <laughs> adapted the scout way, I would have, I would honestly have no problem with it. Is it nice at all coming in one spot and one time? Sure. But nobody's uh, the way scout scout packs their comics to where they want you to, you know, that you, you get them and then they're in pristine condition. You get a box from diamond and you're shipping 25% of them back to diamond cause they fucked them up. Um, yeah. so it, that's that quality is my point here scout produces quality and that's I, i'm easily my favorite publisher right now like i i, I love a, a lot of the indies but scout is killing it so i uh, good job <laughs> you, 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 know the, you had the right friend let's put it <laughs> um so uh where do you plan on going with uh cult to icarus i mean what how long of a series do you want to keep this running uh, where, what kind of ideas do you have with this is this a lifelong project i mean what where do you want to go i mean we've got what like <laughs> you're not a writer if you're not generating ideas and so if people do like it right now we have it planned for five issues right five yeah, issue well. miniseries but if that comes to an end and there's a demand and people seem to like it like we could easily tell this story for quite a while. Yeah, we've already got like a sequel arc in mind. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Especially well, um, when we want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would imagine you two living together have many more ideas outside of Cult of Icarus, too. I mean, how, how, uh, I mean, are we just kind of waiting to see how, how the masses digest this before you release your yourselves on the world completely? Not at or? All. Nah, 2021 is going to be a beast, my friend. <laughs> Fuck we, yes, uh, man. <laughs> we, uh, I pitched him an idea, uh, I want to say like six or seven weeks ago, that he was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm drawing that. You can't bring that to anybody else. So we already have another idea that we're, we're plotting together. And then 
uh, man, I sat down this weekend and came up with what four or five more ideas that I want to flesh out. And he's got. Yeah, I spent the last before Icarus two two and a half years working on an all ages graphic novel that I finished. Yeah, it's um, so good. It's like two hundred and fifty pages of monsters and like kid adventures, like the Goonies. When um, probably be kickstarting that soon because I want to keep. Yeah, I want to keep more control of that. For uh, sure. I mean, someone wants to publish it. <laughs> they all have my email. <laughs> but uh, right that. Kickstarters are incredibly um, successful right now. I think because of how uh, um, dominant the, indus in the indie industry is, I think they really are shining above the big two on every level right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because they're the ones making moves and the right moves, not hurtful yeah. moves. Uh, so... With uh, but with that, I uh, I, I the, the Kickstarters they're 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 blowing the hell up. They're they're funding in like three days now with these incredible yeah. goals. And it, I mean, it's uh, I really do think this is not really something that people can look down on. It's like, oh, you you didn't get picked up by a publisher. I don't think yeah. that's anything at all. I think what I've been saying for a few months now that I have this this prediction that the big two will not be. Uh, and print, and the only comics that we'll be reading physically are small print press, and I, I think Kickstarter's gonna be the thing to fucking really blow that up and get more people reading Scout, and like getting Scout picking up more books like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think Kickstarter is an incredible route to go, and you can market yourselves. Like, to the, I mean, it's you don't have anybody pulling the reins back on what you're allowed to do to market yourself. Because I've seen some really crazy Kickstarter marketing, like slamming yeah. sauce, uh, hot shot sauce and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> we, know, uh, we know David Pepos, who just launched his OZ Kickstarter and is like 400% yeah. funded yep. in like the first week. He's <laughs> killing it. And um, we're good friends with a gentleman named Sean Pryor. I'm actually uh, co-writing a book with him called Ignition that he kickstarted. Uh, the okay. first issue when we got funded, and um, it's been, it's, again, experience with Kickstarter has been positive as well. It's been a really, really odd shift, too, because I want to say about eight years ago, I've, I've been a part of a couple Kickstarters that were done, um, and they, they went nowhere. They got funded, but it was like, oh, it's a Kickstarter comic. doesn't really mean anything, but now it's almost a badge of pride to have a fully funded Kickstarter because, I mean... One, you control all the creator rights, which are absolutely important in the time of everything is now quote-unquote IP. Mm. And two, your audience comes to you. So it's a great way of gauging like how you are engaging with the people that are reading and the people that like your work. As far as I'm concerned, that's manna from heaven because that's all comics is. Like You get that instant feedback, essentially, of like, hey, I like your book. God damn it, thanks for liking my book. <laughs> yep. And and it's it's not just up and comers that are going to Kickstarter like Sean Gordon oh. Murphy and people like that are having incredible success. Uh, Kevin Eastman and all I mean he, they're putting out books through Kickstarter and yep. uh, 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 Monty Michael Moore. I mean they're it's just that's the way to go now. It is. I mean I'm not saying that don't try to get picked up by a publisher, but <laughs> by no means is there any shame. It's like the whole. I mean you guys could probably relate like. Years ago, if you were an actor, it wasn't. It was like film and TV. Like they were on different levels at one time. But now, I mean, it, 
it's not that at all. Like, I wouldn't be surprised no. if Daniel Day-Lewis went and did a Netflix series at this fucking point. Just because, I mean, it's that the industry has... The, sh the standards have shifted. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so, yeah, that, that whole rambling, essentially, is me saying, I'm gonna back your fucking Kickstarter. So... Yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Yes! <laughs> Um, I, I've I've got some some kiddos at home. I'm sure would love that. And she's into all the monsters and stuff like that. So good um, girl. Yeah, that good girl indeed. In the first place, so many people were telling me that their kids wanted comics. We were at shows like most of our like Cult of Icarus isn't for kids. No, 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 no. Like, no. Second issue for sure. It gets outlaw <laughs> comics. <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, every time that a kid came by and they liked my stuff, they were just like, you know. Oh, if you had something for kids, I was like, "Well, damn! I don't like the way most kids' books look. They're so simple and condescending." And like, man, I grew up reading the same comics that the adults were reading back in the day, and it was just—it's just a comic. Yeah, I think there's this idea that kids' stuff somehow has to be simple or dumbed down. And I know that when I was a kid, like, I was reading adult books, and and I I wanted to be challenged, and I had a ton of fun with them, and we kept saying, like, Evermore Falls could be some kid's first favorite comic. Like, like make it like that. Introduce yep. them to this world that doesn't talk down to them, but still speaks to issues that might, you know, they might have to deal with, like bullying or finding your yep. friend tribe and all of this stuff. And, and also so, not bogged down by 60-plus uh, years of continuity. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. That, too. Uh, yeah, no, it's... It, I, I love it. And you're, you're absolutely right. I fully agree with you on the whole it doesn't have to be dumbed down thing. Um, I just went through and I, I read the, the three-part Jenica series, the TMNT Jenica series with my little yeah. girl. And, I mean, it's, it's not a kid's comic. It has curse words in there and everything, but... At the, I mean, nothing too bad. It says damn a few times. But, at, you know, at the same time, it's, it's not... You still get the same message out of it. She was visually attracted to it. It, just, it doesn't have to have giant, bold, thick line work for them, you know, kids' eyes to be attracted to it. I mean, Brom yeah. Revels are is not... I wouldn't find it to be very childish at all. Yeah. So, I mean, that this you're absolutely... I'm glad you brought up the point that it doesn't have to be dumbed down to be for a kid. I've, I, if this is the style that I'm going to see in a kid's book here, man, this is... Jesus Christ, I can't wait to see that. I mean, I'll vote for the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sh take it. <laughs> um, so, uh, I know the, I got to talk about horror a little bit. I mean, you, you obviously, you guys have your, your knack with horror. Is, is this yeah. a genre that, I mean, monsters, for sure, more monsters? Do you guys plan on branching out from horror or... Uh, where, where do you want to go? Because I know that the reason I ask is because this isn't just a straightforward, like, horror book. Right. You know, you, you know how to write a joke. There's some comedy in there. That, that Basquiat fucking reference, like, that, that was, that was my shit. <laughs> that was my shit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my point is, is you guys have the, the, the ability to, go beyond that i mean when when are we going to expect that when when can we expect outside of horror not that i'm saying we should i don't want to see more horror from you guys horror's got a that. ton of stuff like especially yeah. sci-fi there's some like cyberpunk stuff um yeah i'm more of a sci-fi guy yeah and like, i like sci-fi all my right. stuff uh i i really gravitate towards sci-fi or like space fantasy because when i was a kid 
all you had was Star Wars. And now, like, Star Wars is a lifestyle brand. You're not going to get, like, in the 80s, all those Star Wars knockoffs anymore. So I'm not going to get my Battlestar Galactica or Battle Beyond the Stars or the Ice Pirates. Come on. We're not getting those things. (laughs) And I, I just... It's a comic book page. You're only limited to your ability as an artist if you're not pushing yourself to just put everything in the kitchen sink on there. Like, yeah. that's the one place we should be getting big, bombastic sci-fi space fantasy. And I'm just fucking not, man. So no. I'll take it upon myself to give you the next Star Wars. I'll make it better than the new Star Wars. I will enrich your life with all the giant spaceships and monsters and aliens to my heart's content. Yeah. And that's I'm going to... Probably, I mean, horror is where I, it's what I write in film. It's what I love in film. Like, I love genre stuff across the board. So thriller, sci-fi, all of that. But, like, the vast majority of stuff that I've been uh, plotting is definitely horror. I'm a spooky kid. I love to be scared. I love to explore all of that. So yeah, We can't let Colin Bunn write all the That's horror. it. I'm coming for you, Colin Bunn. <laughs> love your stuff. Yeah, man, that rogue planet, huh? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um yeah. So uh well I I'm I'm loving it. I, you guys I I can't believe what I'm looking at here. This this is future power couple in comics. This is this is incredible. Um I mean you seriously. Yeah. Well you you clearly have plans for a further future in comics. This isn't just uh I want to, you know, I'm in Hollywood. I want to see what it's like over here for a second detour. At least I would hope not. No. Um No. Yeah. Uh, do you have some I mean what what do you want your legacy in this industry to be? I mean, what's the thing that you want to be known for most in comics? I know that's kind of an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it. I'm gonna, I feel like you know the answer to this before I do. So you go first. This is great. You get to make me look like a dick immediately. Because <laughs> uh, the, the response is loving, loyal fan base that genuinely likes good storytelling, good characters, and the actual craft of narrative art. There's no fucking substitute for people that are engaged in reading great comics for being great comics. I love it, man. I love yeah. it well said. I think that uh, for me... Um, I have been told so many times, like, you seem so nice. Why, like, why horror? Why, why do you want to be scary? And uh, I, I want to surprise people and show that not to bring like gender into it. Can you still hear me? I froze. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, not to bring gender into it, but I want people to say like, oh, you write you know, good genre stuff or good horror stuff for a girl. I just want people to say, you scared the shit out of me and I love what you're doing and, like, I can't wait to be kept up at night again by the next thing that you do. Like, I want to have a legacy of, like, you write smart, compelling characters and, like, creepy-ass stories. So one, some would say you want to be the best goddamn horror comic writer out there. I think that's what we're going to go with. (laughs) Absolute truth. Yes. I, 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 I admire the shit out of that goal. I do, because there's so few people out there that, you know, most people just dabble in horror, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
but yeah. I love that you are firm by the fact that I'm, I just want to scare the shit out of people. I respect and admire the hell out of that. I really do. Um, because Thanks. I, I don't know. I'd, I love horror. I love horror of all genres. I mean, uh, movies, whatever. If I, Just try to scare me. I, I, I love it. And I, I can't wait to get beyond these 10 pages here. I can't wait to see everything that oh. Cult of Icarus is. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so beyond excited for this book. I, I, I really am. I'm um, excited too because then I get to draw the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hate to say it, but I think you do. You definitely hey, have the fun job, like of getting to job. draw horror. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. writing horrors, I, I couldn't imagine right the, the thrill of writing horror, but getting to. Uh, See, that's the, that's the other thing I gotta throw out there. Um, r horror comics are tough because, uh, first off, I think a lot of horror depends on sound, you know, as far as scaring oh, yeah. goes. Um, oh, well, I'm glad you brought this up. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> you, you don't get that in um, yep. uh, in comics, obviously. No. So for, for someone to actually be able to depict uh, a, a scare without that that major crutch and i'm going to say the word crutch of sound um i i admire the shit out of that i i, I do yeah. so uh what, what what type of things carl do you do you do you do to try to make sure that people stay fucking scared while they're reading a comic in silence well you brought up a really good point yeah. i think in comics especially since it's such a pacing is dictated by the reader so you have to know how to engage the reader in a way that doesn't show your hand right away mm -hmm. so you're basically dealing with tone and the structure mm -hmm. of the paneling as far as like how you can force the reader to read at the pace that makes the scare like earn a page turn and that's for starters that's comics in general earn that page turn everything mm -hmm. should be why am i turning the page that is the number one thing he calls me out on if i make the mistake of yeah you ended the page and it was fine but i didn't have to turn it like make me have to turn it and, and that has been like one of the number one lessons that I have just been drilled into my brain. And horror especially, it's yeah. one of those things where a page turn could be the most gruesome reveal that you could possibly find. The closest find. thing you're going to need to a jump scare, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have the sound and you don't have, you know, editing. You basically just have that page turn. And let me tell you, after those first ten pages that you read, man, there are some page turns... You do not know. Oh, I'm so excited for you to see one of them, yes. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple that are just like, wow, this isn't even the same book anymore. It just goes full tilt gonzo bananas. Oh, shit. Well, I'm somehow even more excited now. I, I mean, this is... Oh, Jesus. I admire the hell out of you guys. I, I, I really do. Oh, I, 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 so I, I do this thing to, to wrap up the uh, these these creator corner interviews I do. I kind of throw out some rapid-fire questions. I want as little thought into these answers as possible. I mean, I'm talking the first thing that's off the t Even if it's the wrong answer that doesn't make sense, I want to know what's on the on your mind. Uh, <laughs> so I have to know, um, being that you guys are in film, uh, this isn't a film podcast. I don't talk about movies. I like to talk about the books. But because you guys have that background in film... For the sake of inspiration, who's the best vampire in film? Oh, we might actually get into an argument about that one. <laughs> uh, listen, for, for old school creepy horror, I'm going to go ahead and say Nosferatu. Fuck yeah. I love it. Look at you, fancy pants. Oh, ooh. I'm still, still going to go with David Bowie and The Hunger. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I'm just showing my hand here as a record store. Nerd. Listen, Dracula's great and everything, but he wants some Bowie. <laughs> gotta live on. I mean, in my world, yeah. Bowie was a vampire. He's still alive. He's still out there. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Uh, who's the best vampire in comics? Oh, I love the vampire from uh, Scott Snyder's American Vampire. Aha! Uh -huh. Wonderful answer. I can't think of his name, but that I love. Uh, I love him. I would oh. go with the original uh, Thirty Days of Night. Oh, uh, Temple Smith! I can't believe I didn't Smith. say that. I, I know I, that's that's a really that was a really good pitch too. When you heard it, you were just like, "Damn it! How did nobody think I'm of that?" I'm so mad I didn't think of that one myself. <laughs> <laughs> Badass answers. Uh, I love that you guys are like going with like Blade, or I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Blade, but you love guys, you, you you clearly you clearly know how to how to expand your horizons in this, in this <laughs> genre. That's for sure. Man, there's a uh, good Blade book out there too. I I really do believe that like there's a version of Blade that would just knock everybody on their ass. Actually, have you ever do you know the artist Ron Wimberly? Ooh, he did well, Prince of Cats. Uh, it's not ringing a bell. Oh, All I'm right, ashamed. Well, look up uh, Ron Wimberly's Prince of Cats immediately. But he Prince did a pitch for Blade, and he just called it Daywalker. Yeah. And it was like a '70s exploitation version of Blade. And the dude's like one of the best sequentialists in the world. So the fact that Marvel wasn't like, here's all the money, go make this. <laughs> to this day, it's just like, well, we know the corporate overlords don't really want to make the best comics. No, unfortunately not. That's not, ugh. That's, that's fine. That's what... We'll take, take that whole audience. Yep, yep. No, exactly. More for you guys. More for you guys. Those 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 creators over there get all the fame and fortune, but you guys get the awesome projects that are going to keep people into this industry and okay. keep them keep them uh interested. That's for damn sure. Uh what was the last comic each of you have read? Uh last comic I, I read two. Uh I'm reading Plunge and I'm reading um the now canceled Hellblazer, which I'm so bummed about, but I love both of them. Awesome, awesome, yeah. yeah uh, Joe Hill is killing it. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so it. good! Every time it comes out, I'm like, this is ah. Oh. Yep. So. Yeah, you really were addicted to that. Love Plunge. Couldn't get enough mm -hmm. of it. Are you kidding me? Like aquatic horror, I'm all about it. Plunge and Hellblazer turned Jenna right here into a Wednesday warrior. I was like, now I have a pull list. <laughs> nice. Here's what I need in my life. <laughs> nice. I'm trying to think what was the last thing I read. It's probably something embarrassing. You've been reading a lot of old X-Men. Well, yeah. I think the last, last thing I read was an issue of the World of Krypton miniseries from back in the day, because it was drawn by Mike Mignola and inked by... Oh, somebody good. But, uh, yeah, it was that, and like I've got a fat stack of really, really early Savage Dragon that I've been yeah. into, because Eric oh, Larson's wow. still the jam. <laughs> Right on. Yeah, that's that's definitely a hole to fall down into. Savage <laughs> Dragon. Jeez, man. 250 I've been, issues uh, now. Collecting the archive editions where it's like 30 issues of black and white reprints, and it's the best way to look at it because it's just all of Larson's line art. And it's like uh, buying comics by the pound. Mm -hmm. If ever there was a comic book equivalent of like a dick measuring contest, he's got 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> throw them around and be like, listen, I didn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> These 250 issues, man. I mean, that's Jesus Christ. He's going for the magic number, man. He's going to get that 300. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of, well, I mean, four years. Yeah. 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 Won't be long now. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, now I have to ask the standard white bread question, but you're going to get asked it a billion times. Who's the best hero in comics? It doesn't have to be superhero. I mean, protagonist. The best protagonist? Oh, no. Oh, boy. I'd say the best protagonist is the people still reading after 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but your character? Man. That is a good That's question. a really good question. I'm listen, I'm gonna say the, the the person that I've really been since I got into comics, the one that I consistently go back to and read over and over is John Constantine. But nice. I'm myself I'm, I'm partial to to villains, so like I would always love to read stuff about like um I have like uh, not that she's a villain, but like Zatanna. So you got like your mm-hmm. your magic and there's poison ivy and she you know she can go either way and it's but yeah i'm gonna say constantine nice i'm gonna say daredevil just because i've been on a real oh, I love i've been revisiting the john romita jr run from the late 70s and that yeah. shit just blows my mind like he really drew him with such a thick line like looks muscular but also takes a hit like a real person yeah and it's just really well written and i gotta be honest as i get older and more cynical i am more of a daredevil guy than a batman guy as far as costume vigilantes with no powers go and i totally that i believe like blind blue collar lawyer any day over billionaire that's gonna save the world like that shit just don't happen yeah yeah no i'm 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 i'd have to buy into that for sure i mean i've i've I can't say slowly, rapidly become a Daredevil fan over the last few years. And admittedly enough, it was, I mean, I always admired the character, but I saw that show and the way my favorite, my, my, yeah, right. My, my favorite villain in all of comics is Kingpin. And I saw that depiction of Kingpin and I thought, well, shit, man, I got to go through and read some Daredevil for real now and know what he's about. I did. You want to know what? I also want to add an answer. Oh, is, is that it? Oh, okay. I don't know if they're my favorite, <laughs> but another um, character that I found super compelling is um, the main character from uh, Joelle Jones' Lady Killer. Ah, okay. I love her. Right she's on. a badass, but also, like, trying to make her way in a normal world, and I find that super compelling. I love it. And she did it without being a monster, either. Yeah, she's just a normal human being. You're growing as a person. I'm doing what I can. <laughs> I dig it. Well, yeah. I mean, I have to go the opposite way, and Jenny, you kind of already answered it a little bit, but who's the best villain? Who's the best shithead in comics? The best <laughs> in comics? Uh, I'm going to say... Most people on message boards. Oh, <laughs> yep, Twitter. Twitter warriors. <laughs> um... Man, that's, that's a good question. Because there's so many... You know what? I'm, I'm not even going to front. Doctor Doom till the day I die. Ooh, that's definitely. I think he's probably in everybody's top three at least. I would say. I mean, that that's a pretty, like, straightforward, obvious answer. I mean, how could Doctor Doom not be in a top three? <laughs> I like that you called it an obvious answer, but I'm like, it's it, so obvious that everyone's been ripping him off for the past fifty years. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and he's not even that dynamic of a character. He's just like, he is a true villain. You don't know enough about him to really ever empathize with him. And, uh, I mean, the dude's got a, his own land, and he's got henchmen. He's everything that, like, the Venture Brothers have been aping for the last seven seasons. Like, pure <laughs> comics, man. It's, I yeah. miss when comics had supervillains that had henchmen. Oh, yeah. 
Like anytime yeah. that I pick up a Marvel book and I see like AIM agents or Hydra guys, and they're all wearing matching costumes. I'm just like, you motherfuckers, you still know your roots. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say in comics, like in paper comics, I, I honestly think my favorite one is Joker. But yeah. in film, it's Hella. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. She, Kate Blanchett is a babe, number one. Number two, she slayed it in that role, and I just I couldn't take my eyes off of her as that character. So that was my favorite in the, in the movie. I couldn't she take really my eyes off of either, but for different reasons. Or same reasons. <laughs> same reasons. <laughs> yeah, probably the same reasons. <laughs> yeah, no, she she was a beast for sure. She really, uh, I mean, as far as taking a, a, a villain to make sure that you wanted to see them again. Like, you didn't yes. want them to be a one-off. Yep. Like she, she definitely killed the shit out of that. Um, but yeah, Joker. I mean, once again, you, you really can't deny the Joker. No matter, I mean, is I can't say no matter who's writing him, but people are still finding ways. Like James Tynion yeah. right now, he's still finding ways to make to just kill it with that character. I mean, this this Joker War thing right now, it's it's undeniable. And anybody out there that's saying it's not good is really just a hater. I mean, it's it's, it's objectively good. I don't, I don't like reading a lot of mainstream superhero books because I think they get a little too chasing the Watchmen dream, and they're mm -hmm. very pontificating and two people in a room talking to each other. But uh, what he's doing with Batman right now is some of the most explosive, adventurous, but also character-driven stuff. And what he's that's doing with Joker, where like you said, top notch. Like that, that's blockbuster comic book making yeah. right there. It is. I mean, it's just a matter of time before this is the next Batman 14. Like, this is, yep. it's going to happen. I mean, it, it's just too good of a story. It's a. It's going to be like a long Halloween type of thing where people are going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, shit, you did it. You passed the test. You answered all the questions. Confetti uh, <laughs> and the balloons are dropping down. Yeah, I'll add that in post. Um <laughs> Uh, they still won't see it because it's a podcast. Um, <laughs> Cult of Icarus is the book. Yeah. Uh, right? Carl Slominski, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. You guys are the shit. This is the, the power couple, uh, to be reckoned with of the future. Um, it's just a matter of time. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. Um, so where are we going to get it? When? When are we going to get Cult of Icarus? Tell us. It's obviously going to be Scout, um, but when? 2021, most likely. Yeah. So you're the first to actually sink your teeth into... Uh, no yeah. shit? Yeah. I'm so fucking privileged. David Pepos announces uh, Oz on here. I'm the, he gave me the exclusive mm -hmm. to announce Oz, and you guys give me the... Come on. You got it, man. Come oh, on, yeah. man. Uh, I'm so lucky. We think they're going to start soliciting it in early 2021, right? Yeah. Uh, the first thing that'll probably be out since you're getting the subscription box, there is an ash can for it that'll be uh, coming yeah. your way soon. Probably, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you're basically the first person to even see anything from that book. So. Oh, look at me. Look at me. Um, <laughs> social media, you guys on social media at all? Is there a place where people can, uh, can hound you and tell you how much they love it? Uh, we are on Twitter uh, not I would say eh, on and off. Oh, I'm at Jenna Lynn Wright, Lynn with one N. Same thing on Instagram, Jenna Lynn Wright. I'm at Carl Slavinsky on both Twitter and Instagram. 
I don't respond to anybody. It's just kind of like a blasting point. I just post work in progress shots and occasional it's, hot takes. It's, <laughs> use it as a tool. That's all I use it as. Scrolling exactly. isn't necessary. <laughs> scrolling is for scrolling's for the listeners. We we, we got to keep our heads in the game as the people creating the content. We can't. It'll yeah. your will to live, and you can't make anything when you can't function. Nope. <laughs> so true. Yep. All right. Well, even more confidence that you guys have your heads in the game. Long, <laughs> long future for you guys in the industry. It's just a matter of time before we're using words like Ringos and Eisners and stuff when when we bring up your names. Um, I, I, I look forward to reading this book in print. I look forward to your monster children's Kickstarter thing and this style. I. Yeah. Dude, for sure. Um, yeah, look, keep me post. I'm. I mean, I'm gonna be stalking you guys now. I got your Twitter, so. <laughs> um, <Please I'll>... <laughs> but uh, yes, thank you guys so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. You guys, thank you. stay Same safe. Here. Yes. Um, you too. Cheers. Fuck. We'll do this again yeah. soon. I hope. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> right on. Cheers. Have a good one. Take care. Mm-hmm. All right. How about that? Another duo of creators have been cornered. Another interview in the books. Uh, <laughs> these guys, man, this is a power couple in comics that you will know. You will know them. Uh, they're <laughs> they, they just... I, I felt their energy and it felt so real. And they're clearly just... They're, they're, they're on a mission. They're creative machines, so... Jenna Lynn Wright and Carl Slaminski. Dude, you will remember their names. You will. And I know, you may be thinking, you know, I, I'm going to address this. You may be thinking, oh, there's two, you interviewed two people, uh, or two sets of creators, whatever it may be, two parties of creators, both of which are doing vampire books, both of which begin with the word cult. Uh, what's going on here, Brian? Well, you know what? It's <laughs> complete coincidence, and this is testament as to how different books can be. Um, no matter how similar they may seem on the surface, you will see. There, I mean, at least I gotta see because I've seen the <laughs> the 10-page preview. But uh, yeah, no, very, very different books. So I, I, I do want to clarify that. And yeah, it just so happened that the universe meshed that way, and that's that's what was brought to me. Cults of vampires. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, we're we're talking gentlemen, right? We're talking Carl Slaminski, and I follow him. I'm dropping links in all of the or the, the in the description to all of their their socials and what have you. So make sure you follow him. You check him out, and uh, yeah, you know I'm gonna be posting all of the updates on Cult of Icarus. You know I I think these guys have convinced me that vampires are once again cool. And that's, uh, that's saying something for me. So, uh, I gotta remind you all, before we end this yeah, podcast, the, this podcast is brought to you by Hooked On Comics. Uh, Hooked On Comics is by far one of my favorite places to get comic books, and with as much as I shop, that's really saying something, because <laughs> uh, my eyes are always peeled, and Hooked On Comics just knows how to bring quality content, and when I say content, I mean their live auctions. It's a goddamn show. It's a fiesta. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like... Ah, uh, man, listening to those guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just hearing them yell at each other in my head. Um, but beyond that, they sell books. They sell goddamn great books on Tuesdays and Saturdays are their main shows where you catch their live auctions. Tuesdays are their uh, their new book 
pre-sale show at 5 on the Eastern Time, and on Saturdays at 7, you got your, your slabs and your, your wall books, and it's just a great goddamn show of all flavors. It's good stuff, man. So, uh, yeah, find them on nsclivetv.com, your home for the best in auction action, always. Uh, and then you could like their Facebook page, uh, on, uh, obviously you follow the, the, you join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, and then you're gonna see the Hooked on Comics feeds go up live in there when they happen, cause that's how sponsorships work. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and then right after you're done doing all that, uh, make sure, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, you leave the five-star reviews, as I always request, uh, you know, I love seeing new reviews, it's my favorite thing. It really is. So, hey, you could just be that person that brings me my favorite thing. Five-star reviews. Anywhere you can leave a review, but Apple's probably the most important one. Leave them on Apple first, and then leave them everywhere else. Uh, <laughs> and then hop on the Patreon page. i got to remind you about Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. If you really want to show your support and your love, then head on over there for as little as a buck. And there's there's several tiers to choose from. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's rewards, baby. Rewards. It's rewarding to support what you love. <laughs> See how that works? Uh, once again, the creators were Gentleman Wright and Carl Slominski. The book, Cult of Icarus. The publisher, Scout Comics. Do not sleep on this book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I could say about it. Don't fucking sleep on it. It's incredible. It will be incredible. I gotta read the first half, but <laughs> I got a feeling. So, uh, yeah, as always, you stay safe out there. You slur it's read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. Now I'm JVD. We're your hosts of the Fictional Battle Podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on thebuildsman.com.